What is up, you guys? I am giving you a little bonus episode today because my friend Dave and I did an Instagram live yesterday all about prenatal and postpartum um, movement and fitness and the benefits of it. And then we also like dive into other things like pelvic floor, um, postpartum depression, breastfeeding, recovery, kind of like some of the myths about um, about working out while pregnant and also getting back into it, um, or maybe starting to work out for your first time ever or in a while while pregnant. So we go over all of that. It's a great chat. Me and Dave are definitely going to do another Instagram live together again soon. Um, just a couple things. Uh, one, the first five seconds of the audio is kind of echoey, but it's literally just the first five seconds and then and then it's good. I don't know what happened. Um, second, I do have a little bit of a cold. So if I sound a little different or nasally or you hear coughs here and there, that's why. Um, and then lastly, toward the end of this interview, for some reason, the audio with Dave gets a little quiet. So just expect that for like, the last like 10 minutes or so. But otherwise, this is a great chat. If you missed it and you weren't able to watch it and make sure to follow both of us on Instagram so you don't miss the next live. All right, let's dive in. I'm Miranda Lee and you're listening to the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, a show created for moms who want to feed their families foods that heal them, not hurt them. Food was meant to be our medicine, and the best way to do that is by focusing on the ingredients, not the calories. Here, you'll find everything you need to know about holistic nutrition, sprinkled with some motherhood, faith, and non-toxic living along the way. I can't wait to grow with you. Let's dive in. Hello, Dave. How's it going? Good. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing great. Um, How's the weather out there? Tell me again where you are. I'm in Virginia right now. That's where my husband is stationed. I'm from San Diego, so definitely not used to the humidity, the bugs, all that stuff that's over here on the East Coast. But um, I'm surviving. The heat wave is the heat wave is over with, so <laughs> we're yeah. we're surviving. Where are you, where are you at? I'm here in New York City, um, and we have also been having quite a heat wave over here. And it's finally broke. It's nice and sunny out, but it's pretty cool. It feels great. So we're definitely hitting the park when we wrap up today. But um, yeah, it's been a good summer so far. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I normally enjoy summer a lot more when I'm on the West Coast, but trying to make the most of it over here. Definitely not yeah. a fan of the mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's really a fan of those guys. But um, cool. When did you move to uh, Virginia from the West Coast? Um, so we've actually been on the East Coast for a while now. Um, my husband and I met in San Diego and then he joined the Navy and then we moved to Charleston and then moved to Connecticut and then now we're here in Virginia. So we've been in Virginia for a little over a year. We have a little over a year left and then we'll see where it sends us. But I'm hoping we go back to the West Coast, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yes. Cool. Well, that's really exciting. So um, just so everyone knows, um, and everyone who's watching that doesn't know me, my name is Dave, and I'm a certified personal trainer. I work at Equinox here in New York City, um, and then as well, train some private clients around. And I found Miranda um, while I was um, doing some research on pre and postnatal fitness, 
I was listening to some podcasts and just typed in prenatal fitness and scrolled through and found Miranda's podcast, which you can find on the um, podcast app for Apple Tunes, um, the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, right? Yes. Cool. And so tell me, what does that name mean? Because that sounds like a delicious name. Oh, man, it, there is just so much meaning in, in just bread, like what bread means to me. Um, so like a little bit of my background is I've always been into fitness and nutrition, but unfortunately for the longest time when I was younger, it was kind of an unhealthy um, relationship with food in the gym. I would overwork out and undereat and think that, you know, having a skinnier body and being a smaller version of myself is what was going to bring happiness. Um, it never did. It never did. So I, I had a healthier relationship with food. Um, probably in my, probably when I was like 22 is when I was like, Hey, I'm the way I'm living is not healthy. This is not good. So that's when, you know, I kind of got help and really focused on my mental health and stuff. And then, um, you know, had a great relationship with food, but then it wasn't until I was pregnant and then had a baby that, it just went to a whole new level of like, you know, now my decisions aren't just affecting me. Like they're affecting like this person that I'm growing. And after having a baby, I was kind of just having these uh, like identity crisis. Like who am I now? And Mm -hmm. I got into making sourdough and, you know, my whole life I'd been the, you know, the fitness person, the girl all about nutrition. Like I was a competitive power lifter, an amateur boxer. Like I did all these things even throughout pregnancy, like I ran an Olympic triathlon in my third trimester, like I was always fitness, you know, and then after having a baby and dealing with like pelvic floor issues, I couldn't do the same like intensity of workouts. So that's kind of what led to the whole identity crisis. Like, who am I like without these things that I thought identified that I thought like just really defined me instead of just describing me. So making sourdough bread and just learning how to slow things down and um, enjoy the moment. And, you know, bread is one of the things that we are taught in society and our culture is like unhealthy. You know, you can't eat bread, but bread's bad for you. Bread is what's going to make you fat. And really learning that, no, bread's not not the devil, not at all. Carbs <laughs> are actually really good for you. Sourdough is great for you and your gut health. The issue with bread is how it is mass produced and all the extra ingredients that are put in it and the preservatives and the sugar, like bread shouldn't have sugar. And it's crazy how much, how many breads at the store has sugar. I was allergic, still am allergic to gluten um, ever since I was 18. So it's been almost 10 years now and really learning that actually I can tolerate sourdough, even though it is something people think has gluten it's so low in gluten because of the fermentation process that I've been able to enjoy bread and sourdough products. And then, you know, bread also like represents, you know, the body of Christ. And, you know, this has been my walk with God over the years. Um, So bread, just like just everything. It's something that we were taught. No, 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 for so long. And it's like, no, like you can eat healthy and work out. And like, I eat sourdough bread every morning and, you know, I'm, I haven't felt, I've never felt better. So that's kind of what got into bread therapy and bread therapy mama. 
Got it. Got it. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that's really interesting and so much more than I would have ever thought of when I think of bread. So that's that's really cool and makes me feel a lot better about the five slices of sourdough bread that I ate sitting on my couch last night watching TV. Um, I um, wanted to talk to you today about body dysmorphia at some point. And mm -hmm. I was going to ask you if you've ever experienced that. It sounds like yes. And that's something I've experienced myself um, throughout my life. And part of my fitness journey was trying to lose a lot of weight when I was younger, similar mental mentality of um, working out for um, so many hours in the gym and then restricting my calories because I thought this will bring me happiness. This is what is an archetype for uh, how we're supposed to be. And uh, it, it's just like, so miserable and um, you can't help but think it's not really sustainable after you've gone through it with trial and error for years. Um, I have an Italian and Turkish background. I love to eat. I love food and trying new things. I love breads. I love pastas. And so um, when I became certified in nutrition through Precision Nutrition, um, yeah, we learn a lot about like, you know, what are the macronutrients that we should all be trying to get at least some of throughout the day. And bread usually falls at the shorter end of the stick, right? Like, well, it's good for this time or this time, but you know, definitely moderation. And then if you're gluten intolerant, that's another strike against that. Um, I will say that since uh, becoming certified as a personal trainer and as a nutrition coach, I have found my own sweet spot where I am definitely more mindful of what's going inside of my body, but definitely enjoying myself and I think that with the enjoyment comes the happiness did you find that as well oh yeah it's it's crazy how we can put happiness like into this one little box and think that like happiness is a destination when it's more a journey like you yeah. and it's a choice like you have to choose to be happy and, you know, it's definitely something I've learned, like with my relationship with food, like you can eat everything, quote unquote, right, like hit all your macros and have your ideal body. But like what's going on, like in your head, in your mindset, because yeah. like happiness isn't dependent on like hitting these goals. Like if your happiness is dependent on how much you weigh, oh, are, is your happiness going to change after you drink a bunch of water after an intense workout and your your body weight goes up a pound like oh are you not happy anymore yeah yeah well the thing is, yeah I'm glad you said that the thing is is we just fluctuate so much throughout the day um I talk to a lot of my clients about that um where you know first thing in the morning have you had a bowel movement yet <laughs> have you gone pee think about that when you're getting on the scale it's weigh yourself Right. And the thing is, we change, we're constantly changing, just like everything in this world that's around us. So, um, yeah, having a very specific or small uh, category of what happiness can be is kind of setting yourself up for failure. So I'm so glad we're on the same page about that. Reverend out there, this is Miranda and I's first time meeting, really, and talking. So this is um, a lot of fun for us, too. So let's jump right into this. We are here to talk about prenatal and postpartum fitness. And so I put together some questions, sent them over to Miranda um, once I found her on um, Apple Podcasts. And we kind of decided this would be really fun for us, but also hopefully really informative and educational. 
for anyone and everyone listening and um, hopefully some people afterwards that um, catch the recording on Miranda's podcast. So um, I just wanted to start with Miranda, why do you, or let me ask, you were training before you got pregnant, right? Correct. You're working out. Um, Tell me, why did you start training before you worked out in general? Let's start there. Hmm. I don't know. I think it changed, like my why has changed so many, so many times, but I, yeah, I think, you know, once things got good and healthy, my why was always just like, you know, I have this body why not take advantage of like the strengths that I have and also take advantage of the weaknesses too and push it and see what my body is capable of. And then like from a health perspective, like this body is, is being lent to us and we want to take care of it. And then, you know, to be able to live as long as we can with things that we can control. So I can control my working out. I can control, you know, what I am putting into my body. There's these things that I can control that do have a positive or negative um, effect on my future and then my family's future as well. So if I can control it, why not? And, you know, mental health as well. I feel better on the inside and outside when I'm moving my body. Yes. Preach. Yes. I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. I, I like what you said about, um, you know, kind of what can you do with this, with this body? Um, I grew up really overweight. I was 205 pounds in fifth grade. So I was wow. a big boy. Yeah. I was a little chunker and I grew up being told you can't do this. You can't do that. You're fat. Uh, when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with Cirque du Soleil you know, Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. And I wanted nothing more than to be a part of it. And some really important people in my life were like, no, you can't. Cirque du Soleil people are super fit and it's not going to happen. And I just remember feeling like kind of helpless in my body uh, until I reached high school and for some reason decided to join the football team. And uh, even though I hated conflict and the, um, the physical intensity of it, I could feel like myself being alive, being pushed so hard, so mm-hmm. much further than I ever thought I could go. Um, I will say I went to the coach two weeks before tackling station started and said, I don't really think this is for me, but I love it so much. And it's been a great experience. And that helped me lose weight and broaden my perspective of really what I could do. And then from there, um, I would take group fitness classes. And I remember meeting this one coach who was like, again, pushing me so much further than I can go. And I thought, wow, this is crazy. You can work out for yourself, but also work out and help all these other people that want to do the same thing as you. And um, so following that path kind of brought me here. Um, And like you said, um, you said uh, something after that that now I'm blanking on, but, um, but yeah. Oh, mental health. Yeah. I have also um, struggled with mental health issues in the past, just like depression and anxiety, which seems to be completely common and normal in society today, unfortunately, for better or worse. But yeah, I also know that I feel so much better after I do a workout, even if I don't want to do it, even if I don't necessarily feel happy afterward, I'm proud of myself for getting it done. And that sense of accomplishment, I can carry with me the whole day. Even if I don't do anything else, it's like, I did this and that's it. I'm, I'm worthy. I am capable. I am able. I'm strong. I can pick myself up, right? It's great. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. It just, one of the, some, something I heard someone say the other day was like movement leads to more movement. And it it's so true. Like when you're in the gym and you're moving, it makes you want to move more. So if you're someone who has never worked out before, just go for a walk. You don't have to like jump into these intense workouts. Like moving your body, even just a little bit is going to make you feel better. And it kind of sets the tone like for, you know, the rest of the day, the rest of the week, whenever you work out, like, like you said, you're going to feel accomplished and then you're going to want to accomplish more things. So working out just, you know, kind of touches everything in, in your life and has a positive impact if you're doing it healthily. Yeah, I think that's great. And I like that you said, you know, if you haven't uh, been in the gym for a while or you don't have an ac- access to money things, it's free to go for a walk. It's totally free and it's completely accessible to you. Um, and if you can't do that, even just like wiggling your toes and just moving your body, like you said, movement brings about more movement. I think movement kind of brings about uh, optimism in a way and that optimism can lead to more movement. But yeah, I think we're meant to move and uh, we can definitely agree that movement helps you feel better. Yeah. So you get pregnant or you are pregnant. Tell me, why did you decide to continue training throughout your pregnancy? Oh man, there are just, there are multiple reasons. One is like, of course, it's, it's super healthy for you. Like there's so many benefits to working out while pregnant. And like you've posted them on your Instagram before. It's, I don't know. I don't know where we got this idea that like you weren't supposed to work out when you're pregnant. Um, for For some reason, that's what people think. And I was like, no, I want to make this healthy choice, not only for me, um, but for my baby. And also I wanted to like show women, like, this is what you can do when you're pregnant. Like I wanted to like face the stigma head on and be like, no, you don't have to just sit in bed all day unless, you know, your doctor tells you like you can move. Like think back in the day when women got pregnant like they still had their responsibilities. They still had to go, go down to the river and get, get water to bring back to their family. They still had to, you know, cook, take care of the kids. Like they weren't just chilling and be like, well, I'm pregnant. Like I can't do anything. Like that's not how it was back in the day. And that's not what our bodies were. We weren't meant to just sit around and do nothing while we're pregnant if you're in a healthy pregnancy, obviously, obviously, you know, what your doctor says you can and can't do, but there are just so many benefits to working out in any phase of, of your life at any point. Was there any part of you that questioned, um, working out, uh, or like, um, questioned like whether you should or not, or was it from the be from the day you found out you're pregnant, you were like, okay, cool. Let's, I got this event coming up. I'm so excited to work out for it. Yeah. I, I never questioned working out, but there were like certain things that, you know, they say you shouldn't lay on your back while pregnant, or at least like in your third trimester. Right. So bench pressing kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. I ended up doing research and it's, and talking to doctors and bench pressing while pregnant is actually okay. Um, especially yeah. if you're doing it with the right form, like there shouldn't be like that compression on your spine at all, um, which is what they're worried about. 
So I think it was just kind of little things here and there, even um, lifting heavy. Uh, I'm very in tune with my body and what feels good. So I didn't have an issue with lifting heavy, but there was comments from people in older, um, older phases of life who had strong opinions on what, you know, I, I should or shouldn't do out of, you know, the, out of love. Right. Because yeah, was how they were raised and how they were taught was you don't lift weights. You don't work out. You don't run. You don't do races and stuff while you're pregnant. And these are all things I was doing before. So it doesn't mean I couldn't do them now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I, I completely agree. And what I've learned in just uh, becoming certified and just research I've done and also listening to podcasts like yours from other women um, who've had similar experiences is that um, it, it seems like if you are conditioned and you have been training or working out, you can continue doing that as long as you're being mindful, putting safety first, obviously using good form. And let's say you haven't worked out a day in your life, um, which has been the case for some of my clients before meeting me, and then pregnancy comes very quickly after that, you start where you are, pretty much like anything else that you would do in the gym, but what your skill level is, that's what you can match. And obviously listen to your body, but yeah, I've noticed and I've just seen some women doing um incredible physical feats in terms of like lifting in the gym, um, squatting, deadlifting, things like that, while in their second and third trimester and pretty quickly after once postpartum. And again, I think it's just a testament to if your body is prepared, if you're conditioned, trust yourself. Don't, you know, necessarily listen to some random person. Um, obviously listen to yourself and your doctors, but if it feels good, it, it seems to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was lifting heavier during pregnancy than I'm lifting now one year postpartum. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's something I was going to ask you next. Um, uh, how long did it take you to get back in the gym once you gave birth? Man, that was the hardest, um, the hardest thing I've ever, I've ever been through is postpartum. I think we all talk about like, working up to like, you know, being pregnant and then having the baby. And honestly, that was a piece of cake. The postpartum was the hardest for me. And now I'm, I'm 13 months in and I'm finally somewhat getting back into the groove that I was in. Um, a lot of it's mental. I was dealing with, um, postpartum depression for a while. Um, but I had been moving so much that it was never like, Oh, should I work out? So I remember, I think three weeks postpartum, I started working out and it wasn't a good choice for my body. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of had like a traumatic birth a little bit. Um, I don't think my body was ready. Like they recommend, you know, six weeks, but I was like, you know, I was working out. I worked out after my water broke, like my water broke. I did my workout and like, then I went to the hospital. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So like, I was like ready, you know, ready to get back into it. So at three weeks, I kind of started, it didn't feel right. Um, I was told like, Hey, go to a pelvic floor, um, physical therapist. And I did. And my, the PT was like, no lifting weights. Like you can't. And I was, and then I was really like broken. Like what, what do I do? So then that kind of let, like led to, 
kind of deeper into my postpartum depression where I was like, well, if I can't lift, like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And it was only like a month, maybe six weeks of like not lifting. But to me, like that was an eternity. And I can relate. yeah, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I haven't lifted. And um, after that, I was like, you know what? Like I've been injured before. I just kind of have to see this as an injury. Like my pelvic floor is injured. It's not healed from the traumatic event of birth that it went through. So I actually did this like 84 day, like um, pelvic floor program that was like all about healing the pelvic floor. And oh man, it was like humbling, but kind of frustrating at the same time. Cause they're like, these are the moves you have to do. It might feel easy, but like you have to like focus on like the, the breath work and engaging your pelvic floor. And for people who think that engaging your pelvic floor is just Kegels, it's not, it is so much harder than that. There is just so much to it. And we'd be doing like super simple moves. And I was like, this is really hard if you're actually doing it right. Like I've seen like, like dead bugs, you'll see people do dead bugs and they'll, they'll have like the arch in their back and they're like doing it fast. I'm like, if you actually had your body flat and then kept your legs at 90 degrees, didn't bring them any closer, like dead bugs are freaking hard. Dead bugs are hard. I completely agree. You've said so many awesome things that I want to put little pins in. So before I forget, um, and I don't mean to cut you off. No, you you're have- good. So um, one yeah, I can completely relate. I was going to say I've had injuries before in my shoulders, my rotator cuffs, very common injury in the gym. And last year I had to wait about six months for my right shoulder to feel uh, okay, to be able to like sustain a plank position. And it was so depressing for me, someone who already deals with depression sometimes. And then going to the gym every day, seeing my clients lifting, my ego is just out of control and just like, I'm falling apart. What is my worth? Who am I? Like I'm, I'm coach Dave. I'm supposed to be this strong person and I feel so weak and sluggish and it was so hard. And I just kept telling myself, this is a moment in time. It will pass. Be patient. It's going to be okay. And, and I did, and eventually it did. And I found myself stronger than ever. Um, because I went on a trip and also had to take some time off led to an injury in this shoulder. So I just started working out again, literally last week after four weeks of just riding a bike for some cardio every day. Um, and it was really, really tough, but now I feel confident having that experience to tell other people that have injuries or are coming back from having a baby, take your time. Something I tell so many of my clients who are just people at the gym is, um, do you mind if I swear? <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I say all this shit's going to be here tomorrow. Right? Like it's going to be okay. You can get to it tomorrow and you're not a bad person. You're not uh, any uh, less worthy than you were today or yesterday because you didn't lift today. It's going to be okay. Very low stakes. Um, so I can definitely relate to that. Um, now you mentioned um, once you got back into it, it felt so good and you started doing these pelvic floor exercises. And so was that the, um, the obstacle that was keeping you from jumping into it when you said you started three weeks after giving birth? Yeah, like at the beginning, yes, it was like the pelvic floor issues. Cause then I remember I would like do a workout and I felt fine. I felt good. And then the next day I, I couldn't walk. Like I literally couldn't walk because the back pain was so bad. 
And then it would be like, I'd get better. And then I would do a couple of things. And like, I wasn't dumb. Like I wasn't lifting heavy. Like I wasn't doing anything crazy, but like the pelvic floor, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really important. And if it's, and if it's damaged at all, it can affect so many different parts of your body. And it was for someone who's already had back issues in the past, mm-hmm. felt like it made me a little more vulnerable. So yes, the pelvic floor is an issue at first. And then like with the depression, it was just, I've always been someone who I never, it didn't matter if I was motivated or not. I was always dedicated. And so it got to the point where I kind of like lost the dedication for a little bit. I like to say like dedication's like a muscle and I, it's been trained for so long that I was good and I kind of stopped using it for a little bit. So it's like, now I need to train it again. And now I just need to push a little harder And it used to be super easy to just be like, oh, I don't feel good, whatever, go to the gym. And now it was like, well, I just had a baby. So (laughs) (laughs) So I should sit here too. And that seems like a pretty good option. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of of stuff going back and forth in my head. And like one of the things I would do is like, you know what? I don't want to work out and that's okay. Let's go to the gym and just walk on the treadmill. Just walk. Nice. And for a couple, a couple months, probably like two months, that's all I did. I went to the gym and I walked. And then I was like, well, I'm at this routine where I go to the gym every day, right? And I walk or however many days a week that I, I tried to, I tried to do like four or five, mostly because they had that free daycare at the gym and I needed a break. So I was like, gotta go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's something else that we can talk about later is childcare during postpartum, um, that's another big issue and obstacle that a lot of women face, I know. And um, I've been talking to one of my friends about some possible solutions. Um, but um, yeah, going to the gym, just showing up, that's something I tell people when they're in, in that not really ready to work out, but they know they want to make a change. Just go to the gym. If you drive to the gym, just go park your car there and watch other people go in and out. Do some people watching, see what kind of people are going there. And then maybe when you're ready one day, go into the gym and hang out and maybe think about, you know, getting on the treadmill, getting on the bike, but take it easy. All the stuff's going to be there tomorrow. But uh, I think that's really important that you said that. That was me for the last four weeks, just showing up, getting on the bike for 30 minutes. I mean, I work at a gym, so I was there. And as you were saying, um, dedication is a muscle you need to exercise. After like two weeks of not doing anything and feeling like, oh, I really want to do this. It became like yeah, I could go home. That seems like fine. I'll go hang out with my cats. And I really didn't want to even do the 30 minutes on the bike, but I knew like, you got to do something (laughs) like, and some days were 15 minutes, some days were 20, but, um, exercising that muscle of like, uh, positive momentum going towards, uh, physical fitness. Once you get that going, it's just like a tidal wave and it just builds, but it can also go the other way too. So, uh, I think that's really important that you said that exercising not only your body, but uh, dedication and your commitment. Um, what, how many weeks out did you stop training before giving birth? Or wait, you said you were training. Yeah. You said you were training after your water broke. Yeah. Okay. So good to know. I worked with women and most of them I found stopped training about four weeks before. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the reasoning was, 
Um, I should and would like to go inquire more. But um, did you did you have any pushback from your doctor, or did you feel any uh, adverse effects, or was it was it uh, really positive the whole time? You tell me. Yeah, I mean, my doctor, I I had to see like military doctors, so it was a different doctor every single time I went in. So so I don't really know what their opinion was. Like I feel like I told them I worked out, but I don't think they understood the intensity of which I was working out. Um, but there was one doctor, I think I saw a couple of times and she knew about the triathlon and she was really iffy about it. Um, and then what'd you say? What were her concerns? What made her iffy? Um, I, I think she was just iffy about it in general. And then when we got closer, she told me she was iffy about the bike portion. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, of falling over. And I was like, that, that makes sense. And she's like, you know, your center of gravity is different once you start really getting bigger. Um, so we actually, you know, I took her advice and we worked it out and I called the director of the triathlon that I was doing. And I said, can I bring my stationary bike? I'm pregnant. I want to do this triathlon. My doctor doesn't think I should ride, you know, a regular bike for safety reasons. And they were like, yeah, bring your stationary bike. That's so, so cool. I bought the stuff that, you know, tracked the distance. I did, you know, the ocean swim, came out, did the 26 miles on the bike, and then went and ran, ran the six miles. And um, yeah, I, you know, you, you make adjustments where you need, especially where, where you're pregnant. And there's so many, like, it's not like an all or nothing mentality that we think like to either I'm sitting at home eating bonbons or I'm working out for three hours at the gym. Like, you could just be going out walking for 15, 20 minutes a day, you know, or you can be training for races. Like my goal was to do like a race or a competition each trimester and like building up to the triathlon. And, and that's, that's what awesome. I did. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. So I love it. I love it. Well, I hope, I feel like I know you're going to inspire so many women who are listening now um, to do more, um, hearing what you did and how you were faced with an obstacle of, I shouldn't be on this bike possibly because my center, because my center of gravity is changing and, um, it's just not safe because I could fall off and you figured out how to do it anyway. That's so cool. That's so freaking cool. I think that's amazing. And, um, yeah, when you were talking about bench pressing before I was thinking, um, that's something I've read. It's like, not only your spine, you want that to be, um, without too much pressure on it, but also just the chance that you have this heavy weight over your chest yeah. and your belly and that's just potentially hazardous. Um, so finding those modifications, I love it saying I'm going to show up in whatever way that I can, even if I'm not a hundred percent or how I expected, but I'm going to do what with what I have in front of me. I think that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we just, that's why it's so important to learn how to like, listen to your body and the cues we're taught that like, all right, because of your height and weight and goals, like these are the exact amount of calories you need to eat. This is the exact amount of working out you need to do. And it's, that's not how we were created. Our, our bodies are very smart and there's so many different factors that take play in, you know, our nutrition and our movement. And I think that when we really learn how to listen to yourself and your body and its needs that you can make like the most educated decisions. Like I, I know the difference between like 
I'm exhausted. Like my body's tired and I'm just like being kind of lazy. And <laughs> I think like the, the best way to figure out the difference is, is to go for a walk. Like if you, there would be times when I was pregnant, you know, it, that one, that's when it was kind of hard to tell the difference. And I, I have um, like an indoor, like walking treadmill desk thing. So I'd be like, I'm going to do 20 minutes on the treadmill and nine times out of 10, I'd get to the 20 minutes and I'd be like, heck yeah, let's go. Would do like an hour, like try to hit like three, three or four miles walking. Or there would be times where I'd literally get to five minutes and I, I, I can't, I can't. My body's tired. This doesn't feel good. I don't think this is serving me. And I'd get off that rarely, rarely happened, but I was able to listen to my body. And then I would do that to the point where I don't need to get on the treadmill. Mostly I'll know how my body's feeling. Um, but there'll be days that I know like, Hey, I'm feeling kind of lazy. If I start moving my body with something as simple as getting on a treadmill, I'll feel so much more motivated and be like, all right, like, let's go. I can do the next step. That's, that's why I think it's just so important to be in tune with your body. And that's why I trusted myself all the way up until giving birth with how I was training, because like, I knew what my body was capable of. I'd been doing it for so long and I was okay. I didn't let my ego get in the way of making the modifications that I needed to. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like you're very connected with your body and that takes time getting to know your body and um, getting in touch with it. Um, yeah. And so in any way that you can, starting with walking and then just, you know, have fun and what feels good, do it. Um, what you said about getting started on the treadmill, sometimes going for 20 minutes and be like, I want to keep going. This is great. And sometimes not. Um, I found as well that, um, action comes before motivation. Mm, I like that. I like, sometimes I'm like, I do not want to do this. And I'm just like, going through this dialogue in my head and I just get on the bike and sounds very similar to you. I start pedaling and then it's not some perfect song that comes on. It's not some, like, I didn't just finish my coffee, but it's just something changes. And I'm like, you know what? Oh, this is, this feels really good. I want to keep going. I want more of this. Um, that seems to happen. And obviously sometimes it doesn't happen and it's like, no, nope, this is not happening today, but, um, but that's okay. And uh, learning to trust yourself, I think, is really big. Trusting like, yes, I, uh, I know this is right for me right now is huge. And so being honest with yourself first um, and then everybody else, it's probably a, a good way to go. Um, so moving along, um, what did you think? You talked about postpartum depression and how you use exercise to kind of combat that. Um, do you, uh, do you still experience postpartum depression or do you think it's, um, defined between a certain number of months or weeks after delivery? Is it just indefinitely now that you're a mother? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think it's going to be different for everyone, especially with, you know, their, their past with mental health. They say like, if you already struggled with depression or anxiety, there Mm -hmm. is a much higher percentage of a chance that you are going to struggle with it postpartum as well. Mm. I didn't really struggle with depression growing up. I struggled really bad with anxiety. So I thought, you know, if anything, I'll get postpartum anxiety. Like I'm not going to get postpartum depression. Like there's, I literally thought there was no way I always would say like, I'm too anxious to be depressed. Like I don't have time to be depressed because I have all these things I need to do. 
Um, I'm worried about too many other things. Yeah, like that's last on my list. Like we'll get there maybe, but I don't have time. And and I mean, it just happened. I think like right after I gave birth, there's just like the overwhelm of emotions of, you know, what your body's going through and your hormones and then like just major life change that literally happens overnight. And then it got to the point where, you know, everyone who's visiting to help out left. My husband went back to work and it was just me and my body wasn't mine anymore it was someone else's I had to cater to that person who doesn't communicate very well so I didn't (laughs) really know what he wanted um and then still trying to keep up with things that were like I used to do and just trying to find myself again so that's when the postpartum really hit and like I didn't like my kid till like maybe he turned eight months Mm. and I was very vocal about it. Like I was like, I'm not going to keep this to myself. Like I want women to know that like, it's okay. Like if you're struggling with postpartum depression. So like I would talk about it here and there on my stories. And there was one time I had a little backlash from like a couple people saying like, maybe I just wasn't fit to be a mother. Maybe this wasn't something I was meant for. Like she would do anything for her kids and stuff. And I was like, I don't think that's true. I think like stuff with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, like because I struggled with my mental health before, like I can separate, like, I know this is how I'm feeling. I know it's not true, but like, it's my truth right now. Like, Mm -hmm. I know it's not true. Um, But like, I can't change my feelings around that. And it definitely didn't just get better overnight. But like, I'm at the point, my son is 13 months. Like, I freaking love him. He is so cool. I love my life right now. I never thought I'd get to this point, especially because like, I'm staying home with him most of the time. Um, I remember a couple months in, I was like, I need a nanny and a full-time job because I do not want to just be home with my kid. I'd be like, all right, like when's my husband coming home from work and he's in the Navy. So he's never home, (laughs) you know? And now I'm like, oh, you're not coming home. Like, that's fine. So, you know, and I, I couldn't have done it by myself. Like definitely therapy. Um, I had to increase my meds which I'm not much of a meds person, but it, it made a difference. And, um, community is, is a big one. I think like, like I would compare myself to an older version of me, like pre-baby. And like, I would be the one who would go in the gym, work out, like do my lift for like two hours. Like I didn't need anyone else. I never needed a gym partner. Like me and my husband would go part ways, do our own lifts. Um, and now I found out that right now in this phase of life like that's not for me I need a community like I joined like this um like this it kind of reminds me of uh what's it called like orange theory but it's more a little more crossfitty I guess but um like I joined that what did you say but there's a community yeah there's a community and I I mean first I started with just doing like little YMCA classes and I was like, all right, this is getting me moving, but I don't see this as long-term because I'm a little more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I found this community that's like, it's competitive. Like we push each other 
And I'm like, this is where I'm meant to be right now at this time in my life. And, and that's okay. Maybe one day I'll get back to lifting by myself and maybe next month and maybe next year, who knows, but I'm going to be present and doing what I enjoy. Like this is pushing me, but I look forward to it and I love it. And like, you're not going to have like the same fitness thing, like through your whole life. Like that's so boring anyways. So just embracing the change. Yeah, I, I, I'm amazed at how similar I feel to what you just said. Um, we're really on the same page. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, one, I think it's great that you shared before and just now that you struggled with the depression and you didn't really like your kid for eight months after you gave birth. Yeah, that's okay. And something uh, I've been told by my therapist and you probably heard before too, is that we're not our thoughts, right? Our thoughts come in and out of our head. And something I thought recently is, right, I'm not my thoughts because I'm so much bigger and they're inside of me. I'm not inside of them. Yeah. Um, but they do sometimes feel so heavy and real. And I've heard someone say, you know, when you need help, when you need that community or support, sometimes picking up that phone, it feels like it weighs 200 pounds, right? And it's just like, I can't do this right now. But thank God we don't all have bad days on the same day. Yeah, there's going to be someone out there that uh, can pat you on the back and help you along. But yeah, taking your time, remembering this is your journey and it's all going to be there tomorrow is totally, in my opinion, it sounds like yours, the way to go about it. Um, I like what you said. Um, uh, I'm sorry, my, my train of thought just crashed, but um, you mentioned your meds. I've also been on uh, uh, depression meds in the past and uh, wasn't on them for too long, but I know other pregnant women who I've trained who have used medication um, throughout their pregnancy. And it seems like that's something that if it fits and it makes sense is totally okay. But um, I know a lot of women who struggled with postpartum depression. And I think it's so huge to build that community to one, just help yourself not feel so alone, but also to know that it's, it's totally okay. And that it's not something you have to feel ashamed about or hide. And that's one reason why I love going to the gym every day. As a trainer, I feel like seeing all of the members, it's like seeing my kids at school, if I'm a teacher or something. And I just, it's so important to me when I'm feeling low to go there, just to be around them and um, yeah, kind of get out of my own head. But uh, yeah, I'm all about community. And um, yeah, I try to connect so many of the pregnant women that I train with each other or people that are pregnant or um, have had kids with other trainers in the gym, just so they have um, someone else to talk to. So I think that's awesome. Um, let's talk about breastfeeding. Yeah, so let's do it. <laughs> did you breastfeed after your um, pregnancy? Yes, I breastfed up until probably one or two weeks ago is when I finally stopped. So I breastfed for 13 months. 13 months. Okay, cool. Um, I know one of my friends, I think breastfed around the same time, 12 to 13 months. One of my clients, I think around that same time. Um, and then I've had other clients who I want to say a month and then maybe three months. Tell me, I don't really know that much about breastfeeding. I have some, um, things I've seen and I was just wondering if you could tell us about your experience with that. What was that like? Oh, it was so freaking hard. I think we see like in movies or TV or, or I don't know, even people back in the day, I don't know. I think they just don't remember how breastfeeding was, 
um, because it's not just like your baby's born and like you guys both know how to do it. Like it's new for both of you. You both have never breastfed before. So it is freaking hard. Um, it doesn't feel good either in the beginning. It's very painful. And like trying to teach this baby, like they have like the instinct to do it, but they still have never done it. So you have to teach them. And then you're trying to learn at the same time. So um, yeah, in the beginning, it was really hard. I pumped for I pumped and breastfed for the first six months and then um so I, I it was still all breast milk but then when I got to six months I was like pumping is like a well breastfeeding itself is a full-time job like pumping like it's more than a full-time job because you still have to like clean all the parts and it was just a lot so I went to just exclusively breastfeeding at six months and um a couple I guess my takeaways from it is like yes it's time consuming but a lot of it like with my mental health was like you have to eat the extra calories and I had to remind myself that like right now my my body's purpose is to feed my baby my body's purpose is not performance my body's pur- purpose is not aesthetics like my body's purpose is to have enough nutrients and calories to feed my child so he can grow and develop properly And personally, my goal was to breastfeed until one year. I know other women who, you know, decide they just want to pump or they want to formula feed. I know, especially moms who work full time, the stress can really bring your supply down. But for me personally, I was home with my baby. So my goal was to breastfeed, which meant like other things in my life did kind of have to take a back seat. I had to prioritize. Sleep was one of them. Definitely took a back seat, but, um, I, I did it and, you know, I've done triathlons. I've done marathons. I've done fights. I've done strongman competitions. I've done all these things. I know my body is capable of doing hard things. So I just saw this as like another accomplishment, another thing I was able to push my body through that I guess you could say was a weakness in the beginning. And now I can say it's one of my strengths. Like I breastfed for 13 months. It was freaking hard. And I did it. Yeah, well, congratulations. You deserve a major award. I uh, I mean, it's crazy when you really think about what you're doing, what you're learning to do yourself, what you're teaching your newborn baby to do, uh, you know, puncture your skin um, and keep doing it. Keep, don't let it heal. Um, yeah, that sounds wild and um, is an experience I don't think I will ever have, um, for better or for worse. <laughs> so I'll leave it like that. But, um, but yeah. Uh, did you see, um, well, I guess there's benefits from breastfeeding, benefits from um, using formula. Did you see any, um, any, how do I want to say this, effect? Did you notice that you had to um, think about things you didn't before because of breastfeeding in terms of your body, like, um, like having posture issues um, because you're holding how how much did your baby weigh uh when he was born he was seven pounds three ounces but now the this heifer is like almost 30 pounds so okay so breastfeeding with a 30 pound baby was not easy (laughs) yeah I can imagine so I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what you did as someone who's familiar with the gym um and using their body is there anything that you thought about as your baby was growing and you continued breastfeeding to avoid, let's say, um, adverse effects or pain or strain on your body? 
I think at the time that was the last thing going through my head because mm-hmm. there's so much going on. But I think like looking back now or like how time went, you know, it got later on into, into breastfeeding. Like there are so many ways to breastfeed that like it's, it's painful on your posture, even, um, even pumping because you have to lean forward for the milk to drain. Mm. So like you can't even sit up straight. You can't lay on your side or anything. So like pumping, like you have to be in that position that is not good for your posture. So that was something that, you know, not good for your posture, but also, you know, cause like that back pain or, you know, shoulder pain or impingement or anything. Um, there are definitely better, uh, positions for you to get in while breastfeeding but personally I think that uh like in the beginning you're just trying to teach your baby and then once they get better you can do it like laying on the bed was like my my go-to you just lay on your bed sideways and they're they're laying next to you so they would have breastfeed so you don't have to be in that position but oh man like getting them to latch in the beginning like the the positions were horrible you'd be sitting you need like your legs up like to hold them but then you're trying to hold the weight but then you're trying to like lean forward so horrible horrible for your posture so I think like the best thing to do is like kind of be like proactive with it as well and you know there are so many good posture and mobility stretches that you can do like you know putting your back on the wall and tracing your arms up like you you know that how it's just so good like to open your chest so I think just doing those chest stretches especially Mm. because you're going to be rounded the whole the whole time so your chest is just going to get so tight that you need to make sure you're working on that mobility interesting yeah well thank you for sharing that you know i've thought um, a lot and helped some of my clients strengthening their back but um because they were kind of new to fitness we didn't do a lot of stretching um of the chest but that's a great point opening up the chest i mean i experienced that for myself with my shoulders but opening up um, a woman's chest after she uh, gives birth so that she has that mobility to stretch and kind of recover, that's, that sounds uh, really key. How long, I'm just curious, does, do you, is like a session of pumping or breastfeeding? How long does that last? Oh man, it, it changed. Like in the beginning, I felt like I was breastfeeding or pumping like for such a long time, like just to get them to latch. But I think it got to the point where like 15, 20 minutes, like you could say technically each side, but if I'd pump, it'd be at once. So I'd like do 20 minutes in the beginning. I was maxing, you know, they say 30 minute sessions. Um, And then, you know, my baby got so good at it where it was like five minutes each side. So, you know, after a while, everything gets easier and faster, but in the beginning it's, it's like everything's supposed to be every two hours. So you're supposed to like feed them, change them, like burp them and then put them down to sleep. And by the time you do it all, like it's time to start over. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. It's so hard in the beginning, but for anyone who's in dealing with that or going to deal with that, like it gets so much better. I promise. But in the beginning, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So um, probably something that has to do with endurance would help um, for training for pregnancy in a way. Oh yeah. I, I think that the reason why my, like me pushing was so short 
was because of how much training I did for like my endurance and running and lifting that I had the strength and the endurance to keep going um, and push. A lot of women will push like for hours. Like I pushed for like 50 minutes and then the baby five, was out. Five zero? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was going to ask you how long your labor was. 50 minutes. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. That was the pushing part. The labor itself uh, was longer than that. Uh, that's, that's because I did not have good doctors. The reason why, like I, if your water breaks, it's not recommended to go work out because of the risk of infection. My water broke. I went to the doctor. The lady said, your water didn't break. Like you're lying. And I said, okay. So when I went to the gym, I worked out, we went to Costco. We were just walking the baby out. I go back in different lady. She said, who sent you home? Your water obviously broke. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like I was Trust me, there was no question if my water broke. Um, but yeah, it was like 24, I think it was 36 hours after my water broke. They were like, no, like get in here. We need to like induce labor and stuff. Wow. So, well, I mean, there's some questions there, but I want to say you must have a really strong pelvic floor. If you- I did, I did but then after giving birth to the baby, I guess not anymore, but now What's I do. That? Well, um, I mean, I'm just saying because your water broke and then 24 hours later, then you decide, then you went and uh, had your baby. But something that you mentioned earlier um, in our discussion was compression or squeezing, contracting, excuse me, the pelvic floor, right? Mm -hmm. Something I've heard some other women talk about um, that seems equally important is being able to release and relax your pelvic floor as well as contract it, being able to fully release it. Um, and that's something I've started incorporating into um, some of my clients' workouts. But um, tell us if you have any experience with that or if maybe that's something that um, was affecting you. Yeah, I mean, that is something not a lot of people know. They just assume like your pelvic floor is weak or, or you're good. That is not that is not the case. Um, I'm going to throw my mom's business all out here. My mom was a gymnast for many years. So when she um, went to a pelvic floor, floor personal trainer when she was older they said no your pelvic floor isn't weak you don't know how to how to relax it like you're always tense and ready to go and that can lead to um to pain as well like with your lower back like that's a big one if you are engaging your pelvic floor and not learning how to relax like of course you're going to have that lower back pain um so so that, that's why like, it's important, like if you have access to see a physical therapist who specializes in pelvic floors, uh, definitely go do it. So many of us don't have access. Like the only reason I think I have access to it is, you know, the Navy. There are so many not good parts of Navy medical, but I will say the fact that they were able to refer me to a pelvic floor PT was amazing. But um, I think you just need to, people need to learn like what the pelvic floor actually is and learn how to engage and relax in relation to your breath. So when you're exhaling, that's when you should be engaging your pelvic floor. So like when you're working out, you exhale during the hardest part of your lift, which means you should be engaging your pelvic floor during the hardest part of your lift. And then when you inhale, that's when you relax your pelvic floor. Um, and I like to say like how I think about like your pelvic floor as a female is it is, uh, it's like a, a baseball diamond. And when you engage your pelvic floor, 
all the everyone is outfield and they're running to the pitcher's mound so it's like your hoo-ha and your butthole all of it you clench and then when you relax think of it like they're running back outfield or it's like a flower um opening up blooming that's how you relax and i heard that for men if you want to engage your pelvic floor just think make your penis smaller and then that's how you engage your pelvic floor I know. Yeah, I think that's great. Exactly. This is actually really nice to have a male and female perspective here to um, hear what those uh, pelvic floor experiences are like. And yeah, I think um, that when, first of all, thank you for sharing about the breath work. That's something that gets confused a lot. So it's really important what you said. And then, yeah, um, what I've experienced is, I guess, yeah, trying to make your penis smaller or trying to not pee if you feel like you uh like you might have to pee or you're just you know mm -hmm. anyway but um but yeah that and the sphincter in the back absolutely um yeah and seeing a public floor specialist if you need to is obviously a great way to go about it and there's so many resources on instagram like there's so many pelvic floor specialists um i'm trying to i think nancy anderson is the one i follow where she does so much postnatal pelvic floor work and like all that stuff is for free. Like take advantage of it. Like listen to the podcast, follow the Instagram profiles and stuff. Like you, we have so much knowledge at our fingertips. We just need to learn how to take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. That can be tough sometimes, but absolutely. I agree. Um, so as I see at three o'clock, um, I figure let's wrap up with uh, one or two more questions okay. and then um, we can always come back and do this again. I've had a really good time with you today. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, so I have found that pregnant women, just through my experience of working with them, they become wildly strong, like stronger than uh, they were before, certainly, and almost surprisingly, because they are now with a child in their third trimester, their center of gravity is off, um, and so many things have shifted, they're in this very different uh, place than they were. And yet they're able to push weight and, and really find balance and stability. Um, it's really amazing. Have you found that as well in yourself or others? I personally have not experienced that. And I think honestly, it's because I was already lifting so heavy to begin with. Uh, I don't think I'd want to lift any heavier than I was while pregnant. I'm sure women are in that situation. Maybe it's like a, a fight or flight response. I don't know, but um, I know a lot of people assume that like women need to be careful while lifting because like they don't want to hurt the baby when actually the reason why women aren't, why women have to be more cautious while lifting is because their like ligaments and stuff have a lot more stretch, you know, so you're going to be a lot more flexible and that can lead to injury to yourself. It's not even injury for the baby. That's not why we're advised to not lift is heavy or just to be more cautious it's because you don't want to injure yourself because you are a lot more flexible like your body is trying to create you know space for this human so it's going to be doing a lot of stretching um so I think like people just expect women to be um a lot weaker I guess while they're pregnant when like you're getting more calories like you're lifting for two they would talk about eating for two like I felt like I was lifting for two so <laughs> yeah 
And um, yeah, to your point, you were already lifting pretty heavy before you got pregnant. So, I mean, that's remarkable that you were lifting as much as you were throughout your pregnancy. So, um, I mean, I feel like you might have been lifting more than some of the people I've worked with, but I would see, um, you know, like a 60-second side plank with a 15-pound kettlebell in their top hand. Wow. This is someone who never trained before. And it was just amazing to me that they, like their body awareness, their spatial awareness was so on point. And obviously, you know, I was hearing, this is hard. And yeah, I can do it. Um, but And I feel okay. But it was just amazing to me to see that, um, to see another one of my clients um, working through like single leg RDLs. And um, they had trained before, but um, not in this way. And I was, again, just impressed that they, uh, like you said, I think maybe we're doing fight or flight. And it's like, I'm going to do this. And uh, it was just a beautiful thing. And so it was really inspiring for me and um, hopefully for other women out there. But um, yeah, again, knowing knowing your body and listening to it uh, if you're conditioned. Um, so let's see. What... And, and we'll wrap up with this. What, if anything, can you think of that you wished, if there's one thing you wish you would have known before um, getting pregnant, or if there's something you wish you would have trained or tried, what might that have been? Hmm. I don't know. I think I went through, I prepared and like went through pregnancy. I really think it was like the best, the best case scenario. I think I wish I would have, been more mentally prepared and trained more for postpartum and not let my ego get in the way postpartum because you know I was doing all this these things while I was pregnant thinking that that was going to be the hardest part is lifting while pregnant well that was not true I wish I would have given myself more grace I wish I would have um done pelvic floor work while pregnant I, I wish I would have done that I think that would have been like, cause I was doing yoga and still like hitting like everything, you know, like the, um, mobility and the strength and the endurance, but I wish I would have trained pelvic floor while pregnant. Um, but I also wish I just would have, you know, postpartum went into it with a different mindset, um, and not just been so hard on myself. I think if I would have done pelvic floor stuff sooner, if I would have let myself have that full six weeks to, relax and recover before trying to jump back in um and you know followed through with like the the um physical therapy for the pelvic floor like right away um so yeah I think the postpartum stuff is where I would I would make the changes in the future because I I the first trimester horrible like the nausea all that stuff I still worked out but I felt like garbage and then like the second and third trimester were perfect. Like I, I loved being pregnant. I enjoyed being pregnant. And I think working out before pregnancy is what made my pregnancy go so smooth. Um, I just think no one talks about the postpartum and I think that's the hardest part. Well, yeah. Um, it sounds like it was definitely really challenging. And I think it's great that that postpartum prep and pelvic floor prep. Um, maybe we can spot this motorcycle pass. Maybe we can meet again and we can talk about strategies and game plans for postpartum prep 
some pelvic floor prep, some exercises that you do, that you like, you've seen, some things that work, maybe some things that didn't work. Um, how would that sound to you? Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like we could just keep talking like forever. So let's definitely try to do another one. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, well, we will come at you next time, Instagram, uh, with some postpartum prep and some pelvic floor prep. Um, again, my name is Dave Dimanuco. I'm a certified personal trainer here in New York City. And Miranda Lee uh, is here with me, who you can listen to online, the Bread Therapy Model Podcast, um, where you can hear all about breads and delicious sourdoughs. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, Miranda. Uh, please take the closing word. Yeah, just thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And if anyone wants to hear this whole this whole talk, because I know we had people coming in and out, I'm going to be having um, this recorded session on the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, where you can learn everything about food education and food freedom. And I will link that in my profile as well once it's up. Awesome. And I'll put all your stuff in the show notes so people can reach out to you. It's awesome what you're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Miranda. This was a ton of fun. Uh, we'll be in touch and look forward to seeing you again very soon. Yes. Thank you, Dave. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this little bonus episode. I will see you in next week's episode on Tuesday, normal programming weekly on Tuesdays. Um, and maybe I'll throw a little bonus episode in here and there. If you guys have any questions, it can be questions about sourdough. It can be questions about fitness. It can be nutrition, maybe holistic living or some eco-friendly tips. I'm actually going to be coming out with a weekly newsletter um so if you guys want to subscribe to that i will be emailing it out where you guys can see what what we talked about in the podcast um some recipes blogs i want to do some like product recommendations maybe like company spotlights um and other things i want i want to just give you guys like some cool tidbits and maybe like some eco-friendly hacks and holistic living um, things that you can do at home just so we can like be 1% better every day, right? Like that's the goal is to try to be a little bit better every day. And the best way to do that is with small, consistent, sustainable changes. So if you are not already a part of my email list, I will put a link in the show notes so you can join. Otherwise, I will catch you guys next week. Thanks for joining me. Thank you all for joining me in another episode of the Bread Therapy Mama podcast. If you like this kind of content, check out my blog for recipes, how-tos, product recommendations, and more. Just go to breadtherapymama.com. I'll see you all in the next episode.